Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. the most front of mind celebrity in 2023, but the real life stories behind the man who played Voldemort in Harry Potter or the love interest in Maiden Manhattan are almost better than fiction. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hi, Mish. This is our third and final instalment of the Hollywood Philanderers series. <laughs> I'm going to miss it. And you're going to have to tell the listeners when it comes to this episode in particular <laughs> how it came to be. Okay. So, guys, this was a few months ago now. I was sitting at my mum's house and she said, let's put on a rom-com. And I said, great. And she picked Made in Manhattan. Great pick, Vicky. Great pick, Vicky. Of course, has Ray Fiennes and J-Lo as yeah. the two protagonists. I had not seen this in maybe 10 to 15 years. And as we were watching it, I was looking at Ray Fiennes and I was like, oh, he played Voldemort in Harry Potter. I know a little bit about him, but did what I always do when I watch a film. Did a Wikipedia stalk, did a Google search. And when I got to the personal life relationship section of Ray Fiennes' Wikipedia page, I immediately jumped onto our shameless media slack and said, we are doing a scandal series on Ray Fiennes. I will not hear anything else. You were like, I will stop at nothing until we get this. (laughs) And truthfully, it's been a pretty fascinating one to dive into because you and I researched and wrote this episode Mm -hmm. together. And it is... It's just different and it's fascinating. And I promise you that if you're not a Ray Fiennes fan or if you know nothing about him, you will like this episode. Doesn't matter, guys. You will love this. This was actually where the whole Hollywood philanderers thing began. We started with Rafe and then we found some other stories to make this a series. We just thought perhaps you might not click into Rafe first, which is why it's coming last. (laughs) Now, I think what we're going to do today, right, is we're going to do things slightly differently in terms of how we're setting up the episode. Before we actually rewind, we're going to give you more context on who Rafe finds is today and why we do care about this story. And I guess a bit more context on who he's known to be as a person, because I think that makes the whole sort of fallout of this story very fascinating. Yes. His is a story of contradictions, I would say. So you might look at his name and think it's Ralph. It's not Ralph. It's pronounced Rafe. His full name is Rafe Nathaniel Twistleton Wycombe Fines. It's also quite funny because I was in a conversation with my partner recently. We were in a big group out for drinks with his family, I think. And he pronounced it Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone, I've never heard more people yell at once saying, not only have you fucked up the first name, you fucked up the last name as well. Like You, you idiot. You've completely, it was actually unbelievable. But you are right. Rafe Nathaniel Twistleton 
Wickham Fines grew up mostly in southern England, according to the New York Times. He is one of six children and his father was a photographer while his mother was a a writer, poet and painter. Yes. Rafe's first big break came in 1988 with the Royal Shakespeare Company. That's a British theatre company that is really highly regarded as being one of the best of the best. He performed on stage there for three years and then scored his first film role as Heathcliff in Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights. Now, the more you read about Ray Fiennes in profile pieces and interviews, the more you learn Ray Fiennes really loves the classics. Really likes the classics. And he really fucking loves Shakespeare. Yes, he does. <laughs> Speaking to GQ, he actually described his interest in Shakespeare as an infatuation. <laughs> the guy is the definition of posh. I mean, at least according to my reading. He seems to love the finer things in life. And I really loved this GQ journalist who profiled him just a few years ago. And in the piece, the journalist Daniel Riley noted that Fines was journaling when he approached the table to do the interview. This is how the piece went on. He has said that he and his six siblings grew up listening to vinyl recordings of poetry recitations. <laughs> he has often acted in films based on the acclaimed novels of major prize-winning authors. He has said that the talent he would most like to have is playing the violin. The piece went on. He is fluent in painting styles and the names of museum directors and the great theatres of both the East and West. He is fluent in ballet now too, since he's just directed a movie about a Soviet dancer. He enjoys hopping on the Eurostar to Paris from his home in London. He enjoys short flights to European capitals. He enjoys picking up his rental car in Umbria so that he may drive, the only time he drives, to his tiny farmhouse in the Italian countryside where he goes to read. He has said that his idea of perfect happiness is swimming naked in the sea. <laughs> in that same piece, Daniel Riley wrote that Rafe described the greatest love of his life as, and I quote, having a transforming encounter with a work of art, either as a listener, viewer, reader, spectator or participant. Sorry, I know that sounded a bit snarky for me, but like the... <laughs> The greatest love of your life is having a transforming encounter with a work of art. It's incredibly self-centered, dare I say. It's like the greatest love of my life is when I embrace art or have a connection to art. Yeah, it's not like a human connection at all. Now, beyond having a great love for art, Rafe probably unsurprisingly also has a reputation for being pretty intense. For example, last year, journalist Maureen Dowd opened her New York Times profile of him with this. After 10 minutes of sitting alone, I panicked. I was meeting Ray Fiennes for dinner and suddenly realised I was in the wrong restaurant. The 59-year-old actor is a confessed compulsive, always overly prepared, not the sort who would be late or appreciate lateness in others. Now, Maureen Dowd is like quite a big deal. So for her to yes. be that stressed <laughs> about, about being wasting this man's time <laughs> is quite funny to me. What was funny to me is that in that same story, so you've got New York Times very highbrow actor Ray Fiennes, you also have a very close friend of his who is quoted, and that's Andy Cohen, <laughs> as in of Bravo, Real Housewives, Vanderpump Rules fame, Andy Cohen. And he told Maureen Dowd, Rafe's very mischievous. He loves women in the most beautiful way in all forms. There's not a woman in front of him that he doesn't appreciate. Never, ever trust the man who is described as someone who just appreciates women. He just loves women. Because that is where we're going to get into strife. <laughs> so that, I think and I hope, gives you a taste of who the hell Rafe finds is personality-wise. Professionally, of course, he is regarded as one of the finest actors of his generation which we will discuss in a little bit. But his private life has a reputation for drama despite 
all the many highbrow ways he talks <laughs> to the press. He's got reported affairs, sex scandals and heartache. And to tell you those stories, we need to rewind finally back to 1983, which is the year that he met a woman named Alex Kingston. All right, Zara. Ray Fiennes and Alex Kingston met as students at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London. It was the early 80s when they started dating. Eight years later, they married. And they married just as Ray Fiennes' career was taking off with his role in Schindler's List. Yeah, she later told the Scottish Daily Record of that time in their lives. He'd been away most of that year and came back three days before the wedding. We were like strangers, very fragile. His mother was dying and somehow we thought the wedding was going to heal everything. But that was crazy, of course. Now, three months after the wedding, Rafe's mother, Ginny, did die. Of this, Alex said, she was a really wonderful woman and I thought going through her death together would bring us closer. But a week later, Steven Spielberg called Rafe back to America and things went badly wrong. Seems pretty outrageous that, you know, a week after your mum's dying, you're getting called back to work and you have to keep working. But I guess this is the point in his career where things were starting to explode. So you've got to keep that momentum rolling. Yeah. Also, dare I say, if I was going through grief that intense, I can't guarantee that I wouldn't throw myself into work. Sometimes people just want the distraction, right? So Schindler's List was a huge deal for Ray Fiennes. By this point in his career, he'd done a couple of on-screen gigs, but working with the likes of Steven Spielberg and doing such an incredible job with such precarious material did wonders for his career. Take this from the LA Times in 1994. If Ray Fiennes were to move to the United States, it would be music to Hollywood's ears. In the wake of his stunningly powerful performance in Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List, the British Fiennes is a hot property. Best Supporting Actor Awards from the National Society of Film Critics and the New York Film Critics Circle and a Golden Globe nomination in the same category have only intensified the heat. The Oscars buzz for Rafe after Schindler's List was huge. I mean, how's this from Entertainment Weekly at the time? Before Schindler's List, Rafe Fiennes was a heretofore obscure British actor who has emerged from the London fog to become the most talked about thing in the most talked about movie of this year's Oscars race. Now, he didn't actually win the Oscar for that role and nor did Leonardo DiCaprio, who was also nominated that year for his acting in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Tommy Lee Jones actually won instead for his role in The Fugitive. Mm, Regardless, Ray Fiennes' future was clear. Despite not getting the Oscars trophy, he was kind of dubbed the next big thing. Tabloid The Daily Express mused that he might be the sexiest man in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, The Guardian wrote this. Rafe probably comes as close as you'll get to a man's idea of what handsome is, and even closer to a woman's. He has lived for years with the actress Alex Kingston, and they married 18 months ago. Today, however, he is unkempt. His hair is straggly, his face hasn't made contact with a razor, and he is wearing an old sweatshirt. Yet, despite the casual appearance and the warmth of some of our exchanges, he retains a formal reserve. The impression is that several fathoms lie beneath his ghostly pale eyes. What a strange passage. So it's what? He's really hot, but he's also intimidating? He's a hottie, but like a mysterious hottie. Hot, scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scary hot. Now, it was after Schindler's List in 1995 that Fine starred in a stage production of Hamlet. It was there, Mish, he met the actress Francesca Anise, who 
who played his mother, Gertrude, in the play. Played his mother. Keep that in mind. That brings us neatly to our next question. Who exactly is Francesca Anise? She was born in London in 1945. That makes her 18 years Rafe's senior. She was born to her Brazilian French mother, Mara, and her English father, Lester. She, like Rafe, grew up in a pretty creative household. Her parents were both semi-professional actors and her mum was also a singer on the side. When she was one, the family moved to Brazil for six years and there her parents ran a nightclub on Copacabana Beach. I mean, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Originally, Francesca pursued ballet before taking up acting as a teenager and she found success in the entertainment industry almost instantly. She made her film debut at 14 in a movie called The Cat Gang before starring alongside Elizabeth Taylor in Cleopatra when she was just 18 years old. After Cleopatra, she was dubbed as Elizabeth Taylor's protege. Now, Miss, from there, Francesca built quite a glittery career for herself. Like Rafe, she tended to opt for Shakespearean productions and classics. She earned widespread acclaim for her role as Lady Macbeth in Roman Polanski's film adaptation of Macbeth and won a BAFTA for Best Actress in the television show Lily in 1979. Yeah, which is all to say Francesca was both highbrow and high profile when she met Rafe Fiennes. She was also in a long-term committed relationship like he was. She had been with the photographer Patrick Weissman since 1974 and they had three kids together. Despite her relationship status, though, she really was something of a sex symbol. The Telegraph's Tim Auld once remarked, Francesca has been described as the most sensuous woman alive. She also had a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a badass. She she famously became maybe the only person ever to turn down the opportunity to grace the cover of Vogue because she didn't want to be seen as a sex object or commodified. So I think she had this reputation for being a sex symbol, but it was also something she tried to kind of push back on too. Mm. So that's Francesca, who was in a very different place in her career and her life to Rafe's wife, Alex Kingston. For example, on the opening night of Hamlet, Alex posed with her husband in front of a media wall but was referred to as simply Rafe Fine's actor wife. She was still emerging in the industry while Rafe and Francesca were established and decorated. Yeah. What's also interesting to note about Francesca and Nies around this time is that she, along with Rafe, was the standout of the Hamlet production. Here's a review from the New York Times in May 95. Mr. Fines is the star, but his is not the only excellent performance. Francesca Renes, who years ago played Lady Macbeth in Roman Polanski's film adaptation of Macbeth, is lovely and exceptionally moving as the ill-fated Gertrude. She's also the first Gertrude I've ever seen who seems less predator than victim. Weirdly enough, according to The Telegraph, one prominent reviewer at the time also remarked of their chemistry on stage as mother and son, writing, Gertrude seems unnaturally fond of her son. (laughs) Now, despite the onstage chemistry, husband and wife Rafe and Alex Kingston walked the Tony Awards red carpet hand in hand in June 1995. Around this point in the timeline, Alex was finally starting to nab some roles. Yeah, in 95, she was cast as Mole Flanders in the series The Fortunes and Misfortunes of Mole Flanders, and that was about to make her an international star. We wish we knew more about the marriage between Alex Kingston and Rafe Fiennes when everything was happy and they were in love. But as the LA Times' Bronwyn Husker wrote in October 95, 
Ray finds is notoriously private, afraid that through a glance or smile, he might give away some secret to his soul and betray the man behind the facade. We only got a glimpse as to what might have actually been happening in this marriage in this interview, and it was no longer than a sentence. Here's the passage from the article that got our attention. Soon, Rafe will take a long and much-needed break at home in London with his wife of two years, Alex Kingston. Though she was a fellow student at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, he claims acting is not the basis of their bond. But it can get in the way. I think it has been a strain, Rafe says quietly, referring to the extraordinary success he's had with his career over the past two years. But he's getting glum at the topic and stares down at the floor, wringing his wedding ring-free hands. Um, I really prefer not to talk about my private life, he whispers. Mm, years later, Alex recalled this period in her marriage to the independent's Michael Sheldon, telling him that the fact that Rafe's celebrity status exploded while they were together sometimes left her feeling invisible. She said, when we were together, Rafe's star was so much brighter than mine. I was doing theatre, he was getting big parts in film. The stardom thing became a problem, but there was never any sense of competition between us as actors. I mean, he's a guy and I'm a girl, so we weren't trying to get the same parts. I was very supportive of his work. And when we married, I thought it was forever. Zara, after the break, we are going to talk about the breakup of Ray Fiennes and Alex Kingston. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Alrighty, Miss. We said before that we wish there was more we knew about Alex Kingston and Ray Fiennes, but what we do know is that these two were together for 12 years and married for two, and Alex had just started work on her star-making role as Mole Flanders when on the set of that show towards the end of 1995, a then 32-year-old Ray Fiennes visited her on set and told her he had fallen in love with another woman. That woman was his Hamlet co-star, Francesca Anise, who was 18 years his senior. Yeah, in that interview we mentioned with the Scottish Daily Record earlier, Alex recalled, I thought he was going to suggest we went away together when Hamlet was finished. He arrived all bright and breezy, then told me he was in love with Francesca Anise. I was completely distraught, but I had to carry on and it helped that I was playing a woman who, every time one of her marriages ended, picked herself up, bought a new outfit and got on with life. It's weird to read a quote about your husband being all bright and breezy rocking up to your workplace to tell you that he's leaving you for another woman. Really strange. In reality, Alex's life was falling apart behind closed doors. In one interview with The Independent, she did reveal she contemplated suicide after Rafe left her for Francesca. She told The Guardian, if you are the one who was dumped, then you feel like your life is over. Alex gave a few choice quotes about the split over the years. Speaking in that interview with the Daily Record that we've spoken about, she said years later, I have no idea what Rafe is up to. I won't see his work ever again. It would be too painful to watch his face on screen. Mm, She was also pretty open about how tough Rafe was to be married to back then. She said, he was so heavy and dark. It's an incredibly crafty way of calling attention to yourself. He has such a dark side that I'm surprised the relationship lasted as long as it did. I think he 
feels he is only half a person, that he is only real when he is acting. The journalist then wrote, it raises the question why Alex worked so hard on a relationship that lasted 11 years, but often involved long separations and considerable strain. She says simply that although Rafe was not her first boyfriend, he was, and we quote, the love of my life, or at least so I thought. Unsurprisingly, we got very few words from Rafe publicly about the split or what was going on in his life at this time. Interestingly, though, in a much later interview with the New York Times, he was asked, when were you least happy? And I do feel like his answer could shed some light on what was going on for him when he left Alex Kingston. He said, if you are preoccupied with doing the right thing through the eyes of other people, what you think other people want to see, or you are locked into something that you haven't yet got the courage to say this isn't working, then I think you are unhappy. Mm. It's an interesting answer to the question, when were you least happy? Because not really answering the question. No, he's an expert at kind of dodging around. But he also kind of is answering the question, which is to say it was when I was in a marriage I didn't think I could get out of. Yeah, 100%. So Rafe leaves Alex for Francesca Renise, and Alex Kingston was obviously devastated. In fact, she was so devastated that she fled England and moved to LA to live. So how did the world react to the fact that this beloved actor had left his wife for a co-star 18 years his senior? Truthfully, the media seemed far less concerned about Rafe cheating on Alex and far more concerned about the sexual deviant that was Francesca Anise. They continually referred to the fact that she was a mother and that she also had a partner. Yeah, for example, often the media wrote of Rafe's affair in tandem with the information that his mother Jenny died only a few years prior to breast cancer, as if perhaps that was an excuse for his poor behaviour. I don't know. Meanwhile, Francesca's actions were presented quite differently. Mm. An article from The Independent published in November 97 probably exemplifies it the best. The headline was... Just how dangerous is Francesca Anise? <laughs> Lock up your husbands. Lock them up. The article opened with this. She's dark, delicious, and thoroughly alluring. <laughs> she whisked Rafe Fiennes, star of Schindler's List, away from his wife after playing his mum in an acclaimed Hamlet in Hackney, prompting suggestions from her ex-partner that she had an obsession with younger men. Why are we writing about her like she's Medusa? Truly, the piece went on. Appropriately, she is dressed from top to toe in black. <laughs> the ink is barely dry on Rafe <laughs> Fine's quickie divorce papers from the actress Alex Kingston, late of Mole Flanders, now of ER. She is 52, Fine's a youthful 34. Marriage is out. She has no interest in that institution. It's like she's this person they don't know what to do with. She's not interested in marriage. She's wearing black. She's truly like a witch. They're painting her to be a witch. A hundred percent. That piece went on to write this about the age gap. I raised the subject of the older woman and the younger man. There is 18 years between her and Fines. She would have one believe that this is more or less irrelevant. Really? This is then the quote from Francesca. There is a good line in Reckless when I say to Robson Green, what's attractive about older women? And he said, I am not interested in older women. I am interested in you. That says it all for me. That's quite a nice quote. I like it. I mean, of course, let's have a conversation about age gaps in relationships. I feel like we always need to say that. We're yeah. dealing with two proper adults here. We're dealing with a 34-year-old and a 52-year-old. Something tells me they can make their own decisions. Yeah, I think it's fine. The piece snarkily continued, clearly she is displeased with her image as the scarlet woman. 
And then the piece went on to quote Francesca. Everyone is so judgmental today about who is right and wrong and you, the public, don't know the truth. In the end, the press create a false image of a situation. It is certainly not better to get it out in the open. I don't find any need to put the record straight. It doesn't anyway. They will move on to somebody else eventually. Mm. For the most part, Francesca wasn't happy with the media attention that came along with a story like this one. She told The Telegraph a couple of years later, they just created an image that was really extraordinary. Of course, I was incredibly upset because things were taken out of context, which created a femme fatale image of me. There is a slight missing piece in this quote from Francesca, I feel though, because it kind of acts to me as if the media was this beast who simply couldn't mind their own business when in reality her former partner and the father of her three kids was also in some way spurring the frenzy on take this passage from the telegraph for instance her ex-partner later revealed she had three other affairs during their relationship one with ian ogilvy and another with a co-star he refused to name Mm. so it's kind of i mean I, i don't mind what she's doing she's not wrong the media were trying to create this femme fatale image of her as you say like this medusa character But her ex-partner also was going on the record trying to discredit her too. Yeah, one of the people who knew her best in the world, the father of her three children. It's not accurate to say it's all the media. No, but I also appreciate that she wasn't trying to drag him through the mud as he was trying to drag her through the mud. I mean, (laughs) if she did have three affairs as well. (laughs) Now, of course, as we said, the inference from that independent piece with Francesca is clear. She's dangerous, she's rogue, she's wild. When that same publication sat down with... Alex Kingston, Ray Fiennes' ex in July 2000. It's really interesting because we get this picture of completely disparate women. Alex Kingston, in comparison, is like this beautiful, innocent... The angel. Angel, exactly. Angel and devil narrative. Now, here's what was written about Alex Kingston in The Independent in July 2000. She sits with perfect posture on the edge of her long-backed armchair, smiles an impeccably welcoming smile, and measures every word or phrase that comes out of her mouth as though it were a line from a poem being recorded for posterity. She offers up observations and opinions with well-honed professionalism. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Alex Kingston. I am team Alex forever. The way she's being written about, though, is like she is immaculate. It's like a parody, almost, putting these kind of pieces side by side. Now, Alex Kingston, when she moved to LA, we said she fled England to LA. She ended up thriving over in the US. In 1997, the year that her divorce from Rafe was finalised, she actually scored a dream gig. She was cast as a main character in the long-running and much-adored American TV show ER. She was instantly adored by audiences, so much so that her first episode actually won an Emmy. Not a bad debut. (laughs) No, she went on to appear in ER for seven seasons. So... She ended up killing it. Alex was and is fine. Back to Rafe and Francesca, though. But they- not, not Mrs. Fines. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Fine, not Fines. Fines. Exactly. <laughs> now, Rafe and Francesca were together. They were also fiercely private, aside from, like, the odd red carpet appearance or maybe a tight-lipped interview with a newspaper. We do have some interviews to go off, though. We're going to read an excerpt from an article in The Guardian in 1999 to give you an idea. Shortly after his mother's death, he left his wife, the actress Alex Kingston, for Francesca Anise. They are together still, despite the media's wagging tongues about her age. Older. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the listeners need to know as well. It's just in brackets. Oh, she snorted. In older. Just about her age. Brackets. Older. older. <laughs> it's like defining factor of who she is. The article went on. 
Does Rafe ever want children, I ask? No, he replies, before the sentence is out, like a door slamming shut on the question. Bang. He opens the door a crack. Not yet, at least, not now. He is reticent to the point of panic about his private life, but certainly great upheavals accompany the familiar story of starting over again. He has said he is getting better at being happy, a bit better. The quote goes, My mother always used to say, never worry about what people think of you and never be scared of failure. I don't worry so much now. Of course it is hard, but I'm getting better at it. Everyone has to fail and know their limits. He went on. He said, I am someone who doesn't like to open up. Sometimes you don't want to be known. You want to keep yourself safe. I hate to say things and then wish that I hadn't. I'd rather open up there on screen than here. And anyway, I'm not good at small talk. I can talk intimately with my sisters, maybe with one or two other friends. Otherwise, he leans forward with a shy smile. I am buttoned up. I value that. I don't want to lightly give away gifts of confidence. I love it when I meet reticent people. I respect their diffidence. I worry if people want everything out on the table all at once. Rafe would hate scandal. Oh. He would hate us. I mean, no, he w- it wouldn't be scandal that he'd hate. He would hate it when we would cry on mic about <laughs> something going wrong. He would hate the medium of podcasting, I think. Probably, he'd yeah. Like, stop talking. That said, I know he comes across like quite a wanker and I think he probably is, you know, on his way to being one. I can appreciate how odd it must be for someone who goes into the acting world who has no interest in being known. Like, mm. I, I get it. He said, I am someone who doesn't like to open up. Sometimes you don't want to be known and you want to keep yourself safe. Like, it is weird that a prerequisite for his job is just, like, giving up things about himself. Like, that is an odd way of being. Yeah, fair enough. Fast forward to the early noughties because Rafe had deviated slightly from what Hollywood had grown to expect of him. By 2002, he was actually starring in one of the most commercial rom-coms under the sun, Made in Manhattan with J-Lo. So now that we know so much about Rafe, not the natural career step for mine. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so confused. This also, credit to J-Lo, credit to Rafe, their acting was fine. But the movie is trash. I mean, I, mean, I haven't seen it in like 15 years, but I loved it at the time. But it's just it for a guy who waxes lyrical about Shakespeare. And art and poems and I don't know, museums. I really would love to know what it took to convince him to do this job. Interestingly, though, rumours about the nature of Rafe's relationship with J-Lo were doing the rounds as they worked together. Take this from Entertainment Weekly. Just days after her separation from her husband of nine months, Chris Judd, not not the (laughs) AFL playing one, was first reported, Lopez and Fines appeared together off screen as well. The New York Post published a photo of the couple embracing after having dinner together at a downtown New York restaurant. The article continued, Lopez's spokesperson had no comment when EW.com called to ask about her personal life but Fines' spokeswoman told the Post that rumours of a romance between the actors was utter nonsense. Explaining the photo, Fines' spokesperson said, I assume they were just saying goodbye. Now what is so weird about this story is truthfully we don't think anything happened between Rafe and J-Lo romantically. Actually what it appears that might have happened here is a little more complicated. That Entertainment Weekly Post also briefly mentioned rumours that J-Lo might have left her husband, Chris Judd, for Ben Affleck because she had just shot Geely together. Now, that is the movie that we never really know how it is. it Jiggly? Is it I Giggly? I think pronounced <laughs> it over the years as just Jiggly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't – you guys know what movie we're you, talking you, about. You, like, don't pretend you don't know what we're talking <laughs> you about. You know what we're talking about. Now, Ben 
Affleck's rep denied that there was an affair in the story. Only the following year, J-Lo and Ben Affleck went public with their romance and very quickly got engaged. When that happened, Ray Fiennes spoke to the media. He actually told the Irish Examiner that his dinner date, those pap photos with J-Lo, was intentional to take attention off of her and Ben Affleck. His quote was short and sweet, but he told the journalist, I was the decoy. But he also had a partner at the time. Well, Francesca and yeah, like, he wasn't <laughs> single. So I'm like, how can you be a date? It's, it's a really interesting. Poor Franny. It's also like for a guy who says he hates this part of the job. What? Why are you, why are you like, setting up pap shots, up pap shots with, with J-Lo? J-Lo? Because she's left her husband, Chris Judd, for Ben Affleck. Like, it's really interesting. He also said this to the Irish Examiner while we're here, because I also feel like this also is at odds with the public image that Ray Fiennes puts out. I don't want to tell you too much about the kissing because Ben Affleck's a big and strong man, but I would kiss her again for nothing. <laughs> I know he's talking about the kissing in the movie, right? But, like, you also still have a partner. <laughs> yeah, Francesca is just waiting in the wings for you. Like, but why are we pretending Franny doesn't exist? 100%. <laughs> the headlines about Rafe over the next couple of years mostly did, though, pertain to his work. Perhaps the main reason our audience might know Rafe, him playing Lord Voldemort in Harry Potter, came along in 2005, Mish. Yeah, awkwardly enough, he only started the role four films in. He took it after his old mate Richard Bremer was sacked because he wasn't doing a good enough job. So lots of people were talking about Harry Potter and what was happening in Rafe's acting life until November 2005, when the New York Post published a story insinuating that Rafe might have been having an affair with showgirls actress Gina Gershon. Yeah, now we have to be honest, this was a really weird story and it is a really weird story because lots of publications over the years still mention Rafe and Gina and the 2005 report in the New York Post. Only that Post article no longer exists and all we can find online are reports that Rafe threatened the paper with legal action. Kind of goes without saying that Rafe vehemently denied all of the claims connecting him to Gina and we can't find anything to suggest the rumours were true. The reason we wanted to talk about it is because it's impossible to not read stuff about Rafe Fiennes and see the name Gina Gershan pop up. But it's kind of hard to glean what happened here. All we know is there was one New York Post article, it's no longer live. And it seems that Rafe was threatening legal action. Yeah. And despite all of that, their names still appear together in every article that is written about Rafe Fiennes these days. Exactly. As for his relationship with Francesca, true to style, we really never heard much from them. A Globe and Mail interview published in 2005 described Rafe as, and unsurprising, a difficult interview, alternately aloof, superior and charming. (laughs) The same piece noted one of the unofficial rules of a successful Rafe Fiennes interview is, and I quote, no question questions about his romantic life. Yeah, regardless, that same year, Francesca and Nies gave a small, if a little strange level of insight into their relationship. When asked again for the millionth time about the age gap, she said this, of course I don't spend days agonizing over the age difference. How can I? There is nothing I can do about it. Rafe and I have been together 10 years now. So whatever happens, we have had a very good, different relationship and an interesting time. Right, so they can't have been together when she gave this quote. Would you have described your time with Ollie? I mean, it's still happening. Yeah. As different and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> if I fucking hated him, 
I would. But like, also, well, regardless of what happens, like we've been together for 10 years now. So I guess, you know, every day is a blessing from you. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Like, it's really, really fascinating quote. And I think, of course, you'd think with that quote in mind, their relationship was close to running its course. And you would not be wrong. Because on Feb 6, 2006, another tabloid bomb was dropped on then 43-year-old Rafe Fiennes. A 31-year-old Romanian singer by the name of Cornelia Crisan had given an exclusive interview with the Mail on Sunday saying she'd been having an affair with Rafe for two years. <sighs> Cornelia said that this affair began after Rafe Fiennes spotted her at a party in the Dorchester Hotel in London. She said that Rafe asked her to meet him in one of the hotel rooms where they had sex. Over the following two years, Cornelia says that she met up with Fiennes more than 30 times. According to New York Magazine, Cornelia also said that some of the times that she and Rafe had sex were eerily reminiscent of his sex scenes with Julianne Moore in the end of the affair. (laughs) What a strange detail. More than that, though, the singer said the actor regarded his partner, Francesca Anise, as a maternal figure. It's one thing to go to the press and drop a bomb about the affair that you've been having with a megastar. And pocket some cash along the way, yep. It's another entirely to denigrate the other woman. Oh, it's that's so all, shit. That's, that's already in the relationship with him. Like, you're already fucking her over. Can you have at least 1% of decorum yeah. and not say stuff like that? Don't mention her. Like, don't mention don't pre- yeah, The newspaper's like- going to mention her. Why do you need to give a quote at all? Because it annoys me. I think if you go either end of the spectrum, it annoys me. Don't say you're doing this out of concern or sympathy or whatever for the other woman. You're not. Don't denigrate her either. Just leave her out of it. If you want to expose Rafe, expose Rafe and let the newspaper write about Francesca and Ease. Yeah, 100%. She also got really mad in this story. (laughs) Here's some more scathing quotes she gave in her interview about Rafe. He was a cheat. He used me to be there always for him, whether he needed someone to talk to or wanted to cuddle or to make love. As time went on, I started to see more clearly, to realise that I didn't want him at all. Playing hot and cold with a woman gave something to his ego. Knowing that there was someone maybe crying for him, maybe suffering, made him feel better about himself. She went on and said she thought he'd been cheating with other women too and that she decided to tell her story or sell her story to the tabloid because it was the only way she could end their affair, which left her frustrated since he was a cheat. Is she implying that he was a cheat on his wife or a cheat on her as the other woman? I think she's implying that she thinks he's a cheat because he cheated on her. But she, you know that he's married. Like, you know that by definition, when he's sleeping with you, he's a cheat. Oh, God. All right. So two days later, through her lawyers, a then 61-year-old Francesca Renise released a statement confirming that she was leaving Rafe. It read, Miss Anise confirms today that she and Rafe Fines are to separate. Very interestingly, the law firm that released that statement also said that Francesca had begun legal action against the Daily Mail for defamation and invasion of privacy over a story claiming that she had forgiven Ray Fines for his infidelity. A month later, the Daily Mail admitted that it had used made-up quotes and attributed them to Francesca and Nies. Their apology read, We wrongly touched on an aspect of her private life to which she objected and attributed a number of quotes to Miss Anies, which we now accept, contrary to the impression given, were not made by her and were untrue. We apologise for any embarrassment caused. I am 
am really interested in that, that she would be so desperate for the world to know that she wouldn't stand by this, that she would sue the Daily Mail for an article that said she was just going to forgive him. Like Mm. it's not the kind of most common story you'd see someone suing over. What's also really fascinating about the coverage of Rafe's affair is that you sort of saw two narratives running parallel to each other. One was the fact that basically every news site that announced their split noted that their relationship was, and I quoted, regarded as one of the strongest in show business. The second thread, though, was all about the irony of this happening to Francesca when their relationship ostensibly began as an affair. I mean, how's this for a headline that ran during the time? Maybe now Francesca can understand the pain. It's giving you get them how you lose them. Yeah. I or you lose them how you get them. I don't know which way around that that yeah. saying goes. But if you the latter. if you cheat to be together, he, you can expect yeah. cheating to bring your relationship undone. I'm in two minds about it. I don't think it's necessarily fair. I think it's a little cruel. But then one small part of me does go, you know what? You did do this to someone else. I understand headlines like maybe now Francesca can understand the pain. Yeah, I don't believe in an eye for an eye no. like at all, but I see how we got here. Yeah, I, I do. The timing of all of this also couldn't have been worse for Rafe. The original Daily Mail exclusive with Cornelia came out one day before his premiere performance in the play Faith Healer. While we never heard from him directly about the affair, audiences did perhaps see Cracks show on stage. I mean, in one show mid-performance, he lost his temper at someone sitting below. Here's a passage <laughs> from New York Magazine about the incident. One night during Fiennes' final monologue, when a cell phone went off in the front row, he broke character and shouted, turn that fucking thing off. <laughs> Fiennes waves it away. One incident, he said, and the whole Irish press has gone mad. About one silly little thing. <laughs> Rafe is not our most likable character on the scandal. Can you imagine like going to a play? <laughs> a grumpy old man just breaking character. Turn that fucking thing off. It's just so dumb. I if just that like, was work me, through it. If work that, through it. If that was me and it was my phone going off, <laughs> I would actually evaporate into thin air. Yeah, you'd actually <laughs> just you, turn into ash. Can you imagine if Mitchell or Ollie had their phone go off? I, I would be divorced. so embarrassed. <laughs> now this wasn't the last time that Rave's sex life made news because in just like clockwork in 2007 Mish his sex romp <laughs> and this episode truly gets trashier the longer it goes made news again yes in fact on Feb 17 2007 so just over a year since the Daily Mail made his sordid affair with Cornelia Public they posted another exclusive interview this time it was with an Australian woman an Australian Qantas air hostess who said that she joined the Mile High Club with Rafe on a flight from Darwin to Mumbai. <laughs> it's just not the, not the way I ever <laughs> saw the story going. In the interview, the air hostess said, I know some people will think it's disgusting and I'm not proud of what I did. It was inappropriate behaviour, but I don't regret it. Rafe is gorgeous and the chemistry between us was amazing. Sorry. What woman wouldn't want to make love to him or with him, sorry? This sort of attraction happens to people all the time. It's just not usually with a Hollywood star at 35,000 feet. How did our most highbrow celebrity find himself? On a Qantas plane. Why? Why is any of this happening? Now, this Qantas air hostess said that they originally got talking because she was a big fan of his film, The English Patient. Later on, when they were talking again, she said, I told him again that The English Patient was just the best movie. And he said, that was over 10 years ago. Why don't people value my life? 
Why don't people value my later work? Aww. I apologized and said I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> you can just imagine him with like a trembling bottom lip. I was like, so what grumpy. about Made in Manhattan? <laughs> what about Voldy? Yeah, truly. Anyway, she went on to explain that when she had a break, they had more of a chat and started kissing before taking their dalliance to the business class toilets. She's at work. What does she mean? They just start kissing. She was on break. So she was on, you know. Unfortunately, when it was over, she got caught. A male member of staff, she said, saw Rafe come out of the toilet and he saw me lock the door after him. When I came out, the member of staff was still there. I prepared to get back to work, but the cabin manager wanted a word with me. She asked, did you go to the toilet with a male passenger? I said, no. And she said, three people (laughs) saw me do it. Now, this Qantas worker was reported when she landed and did eventually lose her job. She also later said that a lot of her co-workers had actually overheard the lovemaking in the I just think if you're going to be doing the mile high thing during a work shift, you'd at least muffle (laughs) the sounds. Truly. You'd be muzzling yourself. I, yeah, look... It's not a decision I would make. She did lose her job, I though. Know, so sure. maybe if you're losing a job over something like this and you find yourself in a particular financial predicament, you do go to the Daily Mail yes. and try and get money for the story. I agree with that. And the next day, Rafe's PR manager, Sarah Keane, told the Daily Telegraph the flight attendant had instigated the incident in the toilet cubicle. The PR manager said she initiated the encounter. This woman seduced <laughs> Him on a plane. <laughs> she was the sexual aggressor. Oh my God. Yet she said in her official statement to Qantas that he had initiated it and virtually accused him of forcing himself upon her. The piece went on. Asked if this meant that Fines considered himself blameless, the PR manager reverted to a standard line. I never comment on his personal life. I wouldn't comment on his actions. <sighs> she then said, if you paid all the money in the world, it wouldn't buy him. There's not enough money in the world that will make him respond in person. He never has and he's never going to. This story is over now as far as we are concerned. I need to take a second to talk about, like, why are we having tit for tat on who seduced who? They clearly had consensual sex. They, yeah, they both said it's consensual. I don't understand why it's relevant. Seducing someone is so obscure. Like, how can we pinpoint the moment well, that someone was thoroughly seduced? Have you seen that episode of Friends where Rachel and Ross yes. are arguing later about who seduced the other? Yes. And I, it reminds me of that scene because it's like what one person thinks is they're making a move can sometimes be a bit innocuous. Like it is a completely vague and amorphous thing to really nut down. Yeah, and you both did something thoroughly inappropriate. (laughs) You're both in the same basket. Now, it's interesting to note that this piece in the Daily Telegraph that spoke to Ray Fiennes' PR manager, Sarah Keane, did include this line. It said that despite all of Sarah's years representing Rafe, which had included so much truly in his personal life, she'd rarely unleashed such a vigorous defence of the star. I wonder, what was it about the Qantas flight attendant Mile High Club story that really got his team going and got them mad? It must have been the trashiness of it. Like, Mm. I reckon they could probably handle affairs, but Mile High Club in a toilet cubicle. Yeah, toilet sex isn't... From a guy who says the great love of his life is a work of art. Shakespeare. Like, it doesn't quite 
part up. Is this in the public interest? Do you think no? This is a story that is. But it's like I say no, and then people might say, "Well, why are you talking about it?" Well, it's like it's in the public interest now because everybody's spoken about it. Like what's out there? Yeah, right? you know, the flight attendant spoke about it. Rafe responded to it. If I was a journo. And I'd found out about this. I, I I don't know, back in the day. Like, I don't think it's actually that important to the public. Mm. But so many stories. I would say 50% of stories aren't in the public interest and yet we still hear about them. Yeah. So what happened to the women who were more or less wronged by rave fines? Well, three years after they split, Francesca Anise did an interview with The Telegraph. True to form, she never explicitly referred to Rafe or his affair, but she did didn't exactly say nothing either. Here's a passage where Francesca acknowledged the media frenzy around her relationship. We're going to read you the passage from the piece. Journalist Tim Old wrote, So much blood has been spilled that it's not surprising that neither Anise nor Ray Fiennes are prepared to talk about their time together. Their silence has, of course, fueled the intrigue, lending their relationship a mystique that it probably doesn't deserve. Before my interview, I'm told not to mention Fiennes. The sense that if I do, Anise will disappear in a puff of smoke. In fact, when I mention the F word, suggesting that it must be a liberation to no longer be in a relationship where your every move is followed, no such thing happens. She says, you know, the press has always come and gone in my life anyway. I mean, there's no difference in the last 20 years. To answer your question, no. Whenever you're invaded by the press, it's a nightmare. And that can be about absolutely anything. She also told Timold that she had apologised to her ex-partner, Patrick Wiseman, but doesn't exactly beat herself up for the way that she lived. Ald wrote, in the past, she said, I tend to forget the bad things. I don't dwell on them. I think, oh, fuck it. Life's too short. So she walked out of the family home, but her children seemed to have got over it. The proof being that all three of them have, after leaving home, moved back as grown-ups to live with her in her apartment. Mm. So she's back on decent terms with her family. What about Alex Kingston? Well, in the years after Francesca and Rafe split, Alex Kingston, the OG wife, did an interview with the Evening Standard and was actually asked about the breakdown of their relationship. Here's how the passage in the story read. I know nothing about Francesca and Rafe other than I know that they are no longer together, Alex says coolly, as we sit in a South London cafe, her features free of makeup and her auburn corkscrew mane tamed into a ponytail. I feel no connection to him or her now. It's been so long, I can't quite believe I was ever married to him. In the wake of Alex and Rafe's split, she famously said she wouldn't ever watch another piece of art with Rafe in it. So the question, of course, the journo asked is, did that change? She said, I actually went to see The Constant Gardener, the first time I've seen him on film since we split up. And I was able to sit through it and really enjoy the movie, just thinking, oh, there's a fantastic actor on screen. But there was no other reaction whatsoever, which is quite a good thing, I guess. I put it down to time and maybe my second marriage. Mm, She did end up marrying a German journalist called Florian Hartel in 1999. They had a baby in 2001, but did split in 2010. But I maintain that Alex Kingston is... Is, She is fine. Yeah, thriving. Of course, we need to talk about Rafe to wrap this all up. I mean, so much (laughs) happened to him privately and publicly over a couple of decades now, which begs the question, has he changed at all and who is he in 2023? In typical Rafe Fiennes fashion, we don't really know. We do have a profile in the New York Times from October 2021 to go off, though. In that piece, playwright David Hare weighs in on how Rafe has changed over the years. He said, 
When I worked with him 20 years ago, there was undoubtedly a nimbus of depression and intensity around him. That cloud has cleared with the years. His work process is just beautiful to observe because he's just very, very hard at work every minute of the day. Then he closes the door and puts it behind him. The piece actually finished with a quick back and forth between the journalist Maureen Dowd and Rafe. She asked him, what do you love? And in the most Rafe Fiennes way ever, he replied, swimming in Shakespeare. <laughs> swimming and Shakespeare. Uh, also, toilet sex, 35,000 feet in the air. Oh, dearie me. What a story. And what an enigma. <laughs> Mr. Rafe Fiennes. Guys, that is all we've got time for today. As we said at the top of this episode, this one was researched and written by you and I. Yeah, guys, thanks for trusting us. I feel like if you clicked in and listened to this, you might have been hesitant. But I think we can all agree. You're not hesitant anymore. (laughs) You loved it. We know it. You know where to find us, of course. If you want to support the show, come follow us on Instagram at Shameless Podcast or TikTok at Shameless underscore Podcast. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. We'll be back in your ears on Thursday with a wrap of the week that was in culture. See ya. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.